Oh, uh, yes, the happy house. Susie and the Banshees. Getting you off for the uh, first official day of the New Year. I guess yesterday was the first official day. This would be the first unofficial day. And we're back here on 15 Minutes. Getting ready to relaunch the website. Have a meeting with my guy on Thursday. We go over the layout and um, probably make a few tweaks. And then we'll, we'll be back in our clubhouse again where it's safe and secure and a happy house. Yes, we'll, we'll have a happy house there. We'll, we'll all be back together again. It'll be so nice. Anyway, how is everybody doing? Um, just kind of creeping into 2024. And I thought it would be, at the very least, a. Uh, and I'm not going to go too long today because I have a client at 10.30, so we'll probably take this up at the top of the hour. But it's good to get our feet wet, right? Get back into the rhythm of kind of pulling the covers back a little bit here. But uh, yeah, Happy House is creepy. And the, the global creep, Jeffrey Epstein, and the look, here's the, the, the funny thing, if there is a funny thing about the list, is that we've known this shit for years. Right? There's the, there's the book, the black book, with all the names in the black book, then the then there was kind of a precursor list, right? And some of those names overlap with the black book. And somebody leaked a list of names last week, but not the full list, which is supposed to come today or tomorrow. Um, and a lot of it, well, it remains to be seen how much it will be redacted. But the the I think it's interesting, just from an astrological perspective, where we have Mercury and Sagittarius, and coming out of this retrograde, I don't think it's going to change the world. I don't think all of a sudden, you know, they're going to go and be all these people exposed, and. It'll be the takedown of the deep state. I just, I just that's not going to happen because, because they would they would rather nuke the world before they let that happen. Trust me on this. Um, that said, there can be some reputations that could take a major hit, but I don't think it's going to be the the coup de gras against the deep state. And I think most of you would agree with me to that extent, right? Uh because there there's and we we'd like to think that it was just Jeff and Ghislaine doing this. But they were probably the best, right? They were probably the um a team handlers. There are probably B teams and even C teams that we don't know about that were doing the exact same thing that Jeff and Ghislaine and Les Wexner 
and all the people that were involved with that. And who knows? They may have been offshoots. They may have been um, maybe in a franchise business for all we know, right? But it certainly has compromised a lot of people. And, I, you know, we've been talking, I, I don't talk, <laughs> excuse me, I haven't talked about the Epstein list in a long time. I really started to talk about it. I was in Austin, so at the very latest, it would have been 2017. I might have been talking about it in 2016. So I've been talking about Jeffrey Epstein for seven years. Seven years. Put that into perspective. He was alive. I think he's still alive, by the way. But that's another... I guess we can talk about that, but... Um, he was out and running around and being his charismatic and charming Jeffrey Epstein self with his enormous head. He has a huge fucking head. And his ubiquitous foot massager, Ghislaine Maxwell. Right? They were they were up and about. They were they were still running their programs. 2016, 2017, this stuff was starting to come out. And it really starts to change when Trump becomes president. Why is that? Why is that? Now, there are there's always two sides of the story with Trump. Maybe three. There, there's one side of the story that has Trump in league with Jeffrey Epstein. And, of, of course, there's the... Uh, it wasn't Virginia Jufri, but there was a Jane Doe who came out before the election in 2016 with all this salacious material around Trump and how Trump raped her. And, um, the guys over at Veterans Today, it's not a website I really like very much, but they have proclaimed for quite a while that uh, Trump not only raped, but killed some young woman that was part of the Epstein circus. I don't know if that's, that's true or not. But that's been one of the charges uh, against against Trump. But if you look at Trump, he banned Epstein from Mar-a-Lago. Uh, I didn't know this about Trump, but apparently there were there were rules surrounding Mar-a-Lago when he bought the property because it's a country club that they wouldn't allow blacks and Jews, and Trump sued to get the law overturned. So, Mildly interesting, right? I've never thought Trump to be racist. I always felt that the racist claims of Trump just rang super hollow. Because if you can make Trump money, he wouldn't care what color your skin was or what religion you professed and wanted to 
practice in your daily life, right? He could give two shits about that. Just make him money, and he'd be fine. So Trump banned Epstein from Mar-a-Lago. Um, he got into a real estate dispute with him. I don't know if he's on the plane list. I guess we'll find out. The, the final list, right? If it's not redacted. If it's not re redacted. So Tucker Carlson, pursuant to this whole Jeffrey Epstein thing, is going to be interviewing his brother, Mark Epstein. Let me play you a bit of an excerpt from that. By the way, Susie Sue is a Gemini. Of course she is. I was into her. Okay, here we go. So you're gonna you're gonna catch a little bit of this uh with but as of right now, you're telling me you can't find the PCR report. Not for the 10th of August, 2019. No. Okay. Not in, okay. It's not in Hold on a second. the fire department database. I don't know why. If it's supposed to be there, well... Let me give you the, the real deal. Let's see. You can watch the whole thing. All right, so you don't see the city worker or the county worker. Uh, that's him in the background here. And then on the other side is Mark Epstein, Jeffrey Epstein's brother, who is trying to get information about what happened when he supposedly died. All right, so let's watch this and have a listen. And I have some thoughts. I'd love your I'd love yours as well. Here we go. Lower lower Manhattan. Okay, but as of right now, you're telling me you can't find the PCR report. Not for the tenth of August, two thousand nineteen. No. Not in it's not in the fire department database. I don't know why. If it's supposed to be there, we'll find out. But first, you've got to get the letters of administration before you can take them anywhere. Yeah, you see, because the date on here is the, the 10th of 19th. That's the day they found him, they took him, and, they, and he was dead. Well, then they might have taken him directly to the morgue. So no, I, he was in the hospital. I have photographs of him in the hospital, too. Oh, well, I'm, I, you, you didn't tell me that. I'm, yeah. I'm just going by. Yeah, no, no, I understand. I'm just trying to explain yeah. what I know. Yeah, well, I don't know what happened, but uh, so far, he's not in the fire department database. I don't know why. Um, and uh, could they have taken him somewhere? Well, see, he, he has a photograph of the fire department personnel. That doesn't generate What did he say I couldn't hear? He said that because you see the fire department, because you see the fire department personnel there, that doesn't mean they provided documentation. They told else. me they did. I spoke to them. Yeah. And they were the ones who suggested I get the PCR report. Mm -hmm. 
Well, well, they're saying one thing, but the computer is saying something else. Yeah. Well, I since I heard that with my own ears, I believe them, and I don't know why someone played with the computer and no, it's not there. I'm just telling you the situation. I'm not saying either way. I'm just saying the computer is saying one thing, and the information you got from them is different. Right. So, but the computer saying what the computer is saying is that it doesn't have a record of this. That's that's what I'm trying to tell you. Yes. Yeah. And I don't know why. Uh, what's going on? So, let me stop this. All right, so that's Mark Epstein, supposedly Jeffrey Epstein's brother. And he is trying to get to the bottom of theoretically what happened to his brother. And, and I think it's interesting, right, because I'm of the mindset that they just extracted him. Like, you're done. You're, it was all set up. Again, this all happens on Trump's watch. He becomes president. And then there's that huge story in the Miami Times Herald on Jeffrey Epstein, which kind of opens this thing back up again. And somehow, piecing the pieces together, you have, of all people, Mike Cernovich involved and, and Alan Dershowitz. They were like work, working together on this thing. And I don't trust either of them, but so you have those guys working on it. And then eventually he gets, I guess he's retried. And then who 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 is, the, it's not Mayorkas. It's the other guy who is, um, it's like the Trump version of Mayorkas. Uh, and he initially had given Epstein a pass but he has to try him again. Um, the fuck is the guy's name? Anyway, he has to try him again. And then they they find him guilty, right? This all happens during Trump. And it's all around, what, 2017? 2017, 2018. And then he goes to the Southern District of New York, which is the same Southern district that has had it out for Trump. So the location is weird. And at that time, people were thinking, okay, since, um, since Trump is, was it Cyrus Vance Jr. It was Cyrus Vance's kid, who was the, at that time, the head of the Southern district in New York. And he supposedly had this vendetta, which now Letitia James has taken over. So it's interesting that it happened in that part of New York, the Southern District. Again, the same district that has had it out for Trump. It's weird, right? It's like, so it, you have to ask some questions. Like, okay, well, why there? Are they connecting this to Trump? Are they tying to truck? trying to tie it to Trump? Um, is Trump in on it? Meaning that he's part of the the, the re-adjudication of Epstein? I, the, the whole thing is very weird. 
almost as weird as Ghislaine Maxwell just deciding that she's going to show up in the United States. And almost as soon as she does, they, they snatch her up and put her into some kind of trial situation. So let's just take Mark Epstein's feelings at a surface value. Sounds like somebody who wants to get to the bottom of where and what happened to his brother. Unless he's faking, unless he's acting. Now, I have to ask myself this question. If I had to perform a role like that, could I pull it off? Could I act sufficiently upset and uh, perturbed so that I could pull that off? And I don't know where the camera footage was coming from. Maybe Mark Epstein was recording it. I don't. I don't. I don't know the answer to that. I suppose if you take into account, maybe uh, he's just as partitioned or um, as uh, compromised as Jeff Epstein, then maybe the answer is yes, and that he could naturally do that, and it wouldn't be too much of a stress. Or stretch. For some people, I don't think that's the case, though. I think for some people, they'd have a very hard time pretending that that um, this is what they needed to do, that this was the proper course of action, that they would feel uh, incensed enough on camera so that you could get a glimpse of that. So it's an it's an interesting question to ask, right? Is Mark Epstein acting? And why would he act? Why would he act? If he's close to Jeffrey Epstein, well, well, again, we don't know a lot about him, but let's say he was close to Jeffrey Epstein, as close as he probably could be to Jeffrey Epstein without being fully aware of what he was doing. Um, you would think that if he was extracted, that he would know about it. That he would have some kind of connection with him. And he wouldn't be going through the this kind of public procedure. Uh, and if he's lying, it would be a charade, right? So it, it asks some interesting questions. The bottom line is, was Epstein extracted or was he taken out of that jail under very dubious circumstances. And was he killed? Because according to Mark Epstein, they had pictures of him at a hospital. Now, the records part is interesting because it seems to me like there are two teams there, right? Like there's the picture of the fire department, but the fire department does not show up on the public record which is weird, but maybe not too weird, knowing that a lot of this stuff happens and, and doesn't get uh, talked about or, or dealt with directly. In most cases, it never does, and it just goes into the circular file of history, right? So, but it's, it's an interesting part of the discussion because clearly there is some recorded evidence, but on the other hand, there is none. And then you have this guy 
who is trying to sort it all out, right? I mean, that's that's what's happening. It's pretty weird. So Tucker is going to interview uh, Mark Epstein in the next couple of days. Maybe he's already done it. But we're going to get the the full list here. I'm sure some names will be unredacted. Most of them will be unredacted. Some of them will be read. We looked at part of that list last week. It's, it's like they're letting it out in drips and drabs. But at the end of the day, I just, I just, unless the tapes are released, I just don't think it means a lot. Because we'll have some other crisis, some other bullshit will come up. Um, you know, there's some some new fire to put out somewhere else. And, you know, our attention spans are so scattered as it is, we'll just kind of go off to the next thing. Go, oh, yeah. what about that? Right. Now, that said, there's always, always leverage and political capital. And if there is somebody that can leverage that list for some type of political capital, they will do it and they'll keep it in the news. Right? It, it all depends on who gets what and what they want out of it. So it, it is, in some ways, um, a bit of an X factor, right? That's what it, what it represents, a bit of an X factor. But I really don't think anything, like the government is not going to be brought to its knees because of who's on the list or governments around the world. I, I don't think that's... That that's going to happen. Although, again, astrologically, it's going to be, it'll be interesting because of Mercury going direct in Sagittarius. Somewhere along the way, my feelings about the whole thing were who's ever on the list that they should be given full immunity. That was my that was my radical idea that their lives in a court, which by the way, there's never any guarantee in any court that justice will be served. Period, end of story. But in the court of public opinion, they would be tried guilty and strung up in the eyes of the public which would mean that they could never have a normal life, right? So that was my that was my fix. I know it sounds a bit naive, but in some ways if you were if you were on that list and you were dirty and somebody made you that deal which which was immunity, right? Like you couldn't be sued, um couldn't be arrested, but you'd have to live out the rest of your days as basically a, a pedophile, right? A rapist. Uh, would you take the deal? I think some of them would. Some of them would take the deal if knowing that there would be some form of justice, theoretical justice, 
that they would have to face. And by doing this, they would not have to face it. They could just tap out and then they'd have to deal with the blowback. I think some of them would take it because I think some of them would just leave, right? They would just wind up leaving the country. But, you know, you could check out anytime you like, but you can never leave. And I think that that holds true to people who have some unsavory debt to pay to the realm. And those would be unsavory debts. I think the most unsavory part about it, I mean, don't get me wrong, um, getting the girls into a position where, you know, they were compromised and who knows, you know, what happened behind closed doors and how they were treated and all that stuff, right? Um, the biggest part of this, the, the, the part that is, I think, even if there can be something more egregious than that, and let's say there can be, it is the blackmail part. That's the part, right? That is the big part. Everything else is just a sideshow. Again, it's a tawdry sideshow, and maybe in some circumstances, even perhaps a deadly sideshow, but it's a sideshow nonetheless because it is the it is the extortion, it's the blackmail, it's the tapes. That's the part that is the most insidious, right? And when we talk about Epstein, we talk about you know Ghislaine as being somebody who would uh, hustle young girls, right? She she's like a talent scout. <clears throat> she'd find them and bring them over and groom them. And, and these are the girls that were going to fucking high school in New York City. And after after school, they would go to the Epstein mansion, the Les Wexner place. That's what they would do. And then they would go out and recruit their friends. This is how this thing worked, right? So you basically had 15, 16-year-old girls who were who were going there, turning tricks, and they were getting paid. They were making money, so of course they've had all you know all these. And I'm not I'm not trying to blame the girls, right? But you know, there's a there's certainly psychological profiles that go along with this. They're neglected, they're maybe uh, mistreated, uh, maybe in their own lives that suffered some form of abuse. So you know, we know that abuse begets abuse, but that's what was happening. Like a lot of those girls had double lives. You know, I can't speak for um, the island and I can't speak for the ranch uh, in New Mexico, but some of the public records were those girls were free to come and go. And they, they, they went there because they made good money, right? And that's how Ghislaine had set everything up. And then she would get the other girls to recruit for her. But the, the most damning part are the tapes and the extortion. And then you wonder why so many senators will vote for something like spending in Ukraine, right? Gee, I wonder why. Or why they'll vote on shutting the economy down during COVID. Or any of these other, again, egregious measures. Why, why, why would they vote on them? Because they have the goods on them. They'll They'll vote any way they're told to vote. And that's the that's the part that really does, doesn't get... I mean, again, I want to stress that the abuse part is never cool, right? The flip side of that 
is that you're dealing with 15, 16 year old girls, many of whom are still going to school in New York City, who are going there at night, going there in the afternoons, going there on the weekends, making money. Sometimes they get on the planes, sometimes they go to the island and they're recruiting their friends. All right. This is this is who was part of their their crew. And some of them, you know, like who was it? Was it Jufri? Was the one who was at Wexner's mansion, like his personal choice, where she was isolated and couldn't get out, almost, you know, held captive against her will. I mean, that's a different, different part of the story. But um it's the extortion part. That is the part that is not being talked about almost at all. It is probably the most important part of this whole thing. And I've said it before, and I'll say it again, the guy who holds the keys to all of that is Alan Dershowitz. And I've been talking about this for years, that Alan Dershowitz has the videos. He has a name for it. Was it, um, I forget the name. He's, he's got a name for the videos. He's got it all, right? And this is, in a lot of ways, also how Dershowitz holds power. He, he was on that plane, what, six times, seven times? Oh, but always with his grandkids. Always with his grandkids, you know, right, okay. He's a scumbag of the highest order. And that's, you know, that's how these people play. They, they, they compromise people. They record the compromising states and they gotcha, right? It's been going on for a very long time. And this is, to me, this is the, the, the Gordian knot, right? Like in a perfect world, in a per, in a perfect world, you know, wouldn't just be the Hunter Biden laptop, or it'd be somebody hacking the Dershowitz videos and putting them out online, as you know, fuzzing out the faces of the young girls, right, and seeing people like Bill Clinton or um, you know, fill in the blanks, right, uh, Bill Gates. Uh, Mr. Mr. Virgin Airlines, right? All these people that have power and influence, and so much power and influence that they that they shape the the contour, context, and architecture of our world. Right, and I would assume that those people are on video, and they've got them. Now, somebody like Bill Gates, if that's even the real Bill Gates, which uh, some people made a case that that uh, he's not, but he'd probably fucking do it willingly anyway. He wouldn't give a shit. I don't care about extortion. I'm just going to go ahead and do this. Right. You want me to genetically modify as many uh, life forms as possible? And and uh, use some of them as weaponized delivery systems. Sure, no problem. 
I'm I'm good with that. You don't you don't have to extort me. You don't have to blackmail me. Some people are just like that. Other people are put into a much more compromising situation. I'll give you one off the top of my head. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. was on that plane twice. If you're running for president, I, I don't care how you spin it. It puts you in a compromising position. And clearly for him, because we've talked about this before as well, his wife had some kind of relationship with Ghislaine Maxwell. There are some people who think that his wife was actually uh, intel and that she was she was trying to get the goods on the Epstein-Maxwell operation, that she was killed by them. Now, I don't know if she was intel or not, but clearly she could have enough information at her disposal where she would be a threat. And that's just the way it is, right? She would totally be a threat. But that's compromising. That's totally compromising and compromised. And that's just at a surface level. And he's already had to answer one of those questions in an interview as he runs for president, right? So this is this is the, the most problematic um, part of all this. And I and I think that. I'll just speak for myself. I think there was a time around 2015, 2016, whenever we, whenever I first found that list and I started to read the names of the list on the show, there was a part of me that thought, okay, this is it. This is the smoking gun. This is the um, sort of the bucking bronc that managed to get out of the corral, right? And that they couldn't control it. You know, this was going to be the wildfire that would catch and ignite and go through the system. And you'd see a number of people resign or um, be terminated. And I don't know if it was naive thinking, but clearly it was uh, trying to speak something into existence. Because... If you look at the public record, we've had other instances like this. There was the DC Madams list. Okay, big fucking deal. It's kind of a big deal, but it's a DC Madam, and the women will say they're women and not young women or children. The women um, were of legal standing, right? So you could be a politician and you could go to a brothel or hire out and get your rocks off. It's not the, it's not the worst of crimes, right? The, the more egregious of the crimes is to have sex with underage women with the idea that they are there against their will and all, all the other things go along with it. But we had the DC madam, nothing ever happened with that. I guarantee you there were very compromised individuals on Heidi Fleiss's lists, totally compromised. Nothing ever happened with that. Going all the way back to Watergate. Watergate 
for a lot of you who are not familiar with Watergate, Watergate was really about the Democratic National Committee, the DNC. They had a convention at the Watergate Hotel, and they had underage girls that were part of the convention. It was a scandal. And the Nixon administration and all of his plumbers had pretty much figured that out. And in order for them to get on top of the scandal, they had to go after all the plumbers and they had to go after Nixon in order to remove Nixon. But that was really what was going on at the Watergate. It wasn't the fact that they were just listening in and tapping in on these conversations that the DNC was having about what they were going to do with Nixon and the upcoming election and, and uh, the Pentagon Papers and all that other shit. It may have started off like that, but what they got out of it was something completely different, right? So it's not like we haven't had cases of mass compromise. Well, we have. Watergate is probably the closest. <laughs> Again, because of the underage factor. But this is different than the DC Madam stuff, than the Heidi Fly stuff, right? This is different because of the nature and the age of the girls. Then you get into the subsets, right? So you have the, the New York apartment with Wexner, and they've got video footage, I guarantee you, of all these people going in and out. Um, what's his name? Uh, Ahud Barak, that guy, he was, he was, he was prime minister before Sharon. I think it was Ahud Barak, Sharon, and then Netanyahu, if I'm not mistaken. Um, they've got video of him going in and out of there. They got video of all these people going in and out of the New York pit stop. But then you have the island, and then you have the whole scene in New Mexico. And those are all very different, I think, than, like, I, th I think if you, um, I think that the New York operation was the initial honey trap. Like, like that's where you, it was accessible. That's where you would go. You get these massages, you, you, you know, have sex with these 15-year-old girls. Um, and then you you keep going back. And of course, you'd be compromised and you'd be on film. And then you would hear about this island, right? It's like, oh yeah, well, we have this, but we have it on this island in uh, the Caribbean. And it's it's awesome. It's great. And we have a private plane. And you know, we're happy to uh to take you there if you want to check it out. <laughs> and there's got to be some kind of monetary exchange in there. Like they're not doing it for fucking free. Right. So then they go to the Island and I think the Island is like the next level, right? Like what goes on inside of the Wexner mansion, in New York is not the same thing that happens at the Island. It feels, and again, I'm just going on, on instinct, but the Island feels much more ritualistic, but there's something deeper going on there. And I would not be surprised <laughs> if there are sacrifices that took place on the island. That's what it feels like.
And then you have the whole Santa faith. And these are the three areas that we know about. There may be other um, places and partitions of the operation that we're not aware of. And then you have the Santa Fe thing or, or, or the New Mexico thing. And that is completely next level, right? When you when you kind of look at what was going on there, that's it's almost like it's a scientific operation, you know, that they're playing with things like vaccines and DNA and um, computer programs. And, and so it's this weird version of like, R&D and a think tank plus some of the extortion stuff was going on there as well. <clears throat> right? Because it's a ranch and they have girls there and why not kind of run another level of your operation? But it feels to me like there were three levels. You had the first level, which was the New York mansion, the second level, which was the island, and then the third level, which was, which was what was going on in New Mexico, which is what I think what the long-term uh, kind of operation was about, right? And it, and it had something to do with Jeffrey Epstein's DNA and cloning, and there's a, just a bunch of weird, weird shit that goes along with it. So it's a very strange chapter, and it, it's one that, doesn't seem to go away, right? So when you when you ask yourself that question, well, why doesn't it completely go away? I mean, it's been a while now since Jeffrey Epstein has been supposedly killed. Why doesn't it just go away? It's kind of over, right? It's over, it's done with. Well, but it's not. It stays around. The spirit of this thing is lingering, you know, it kind of like um, the sort of Damocles. And I think that that might be a bit purposeful because if you're somebody who's in a position of power and who has been compromised, you want this fucking thing to go away. You don't want it to be in the news. You don't want it to be dredged up every six months or eight months or whatever, right? You just want it to go away. But it's a very effective tool to keep people compromised, which is one of the reasons why it's kind of always in the periphery of the new cycle. It has been for a while, right? It's not just going away. Um, the other part of it not just going, because it does perform a function, in keeping people, I don't want to use the word honest because it's not really what it's doing, but keeping people vulnerable is that there does seem to be some kind of spirit with this event and with these two particular people that... It's almost ghost-like in some ways. You know what I mean? There's, there's a bit of a supernatural sort of feeling around the whole Jeffrey Epstein thing. You know, it, it's 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 the the disincarnate that just will not leave the realm, right? So I think both of these things can be true simultaneously. 
right? Like on the one hand, you have this very effective tool and bringing it up every now and then just makes people more uncomfortable, which makes them more malleable and more compromisable. But then you have this other thing going on, which does feel a bit supernatural. Like it has a spirit of its own and won't rest until this thing has been brought to rest to some degree. So it's going to be interesting. I don't, I don't necessarily think anything will come of it. But you never know, especially with Mercury and Mars in Sagittarius. And the way that, that this thing goes is that everybody has leverage on everybody else. So they, it's, it's kind of like, um, you know, game theory. It's like, well, all the, you know, the, the Russians have all the nukes. The U.S. Have, have all the nukes. So they, they cancel each other out because they would wipe out each other's existence, right? That's, that's the ultimate form of game theory. That it becomes this eternal draw. Well, the same thing could be said for how people use this against one another. Well, go ahead. Use it on me because I'll use it on you. And, and that makes them a part of the club. And the club, of course, being a club of damnation. This, to me, is the most um, egregious part of it all. Because you have people signing off on bills that normally they probably wouldn't do. But because they're compromised, they're going to do it, right? And who ran this operation? It was the Mossad. Everybody knows it. We're not talking about anything that anyone doesn't know. It was a Mossad operation. Why do we why why do we know it was a Mossad operation? Ghislaine Maxwell's father, Robert Maxwell, was an agent of the Mossad. He was an agent for a lot of people. MI6, the Mossad, he probably had some CIA ties, right? So she's she's born in a spook family. She's got a spook background. And it was really the Mossad who were her father's handler. So if that's true, right, and the Mossad is behind the Epstein operation, which I believe to be true, now you have the finger pointing at a particular country. And it's interesting, right, because we've had all of this conflagration that's been happening in Israel. By the way, um, I think Netanyahu has pulled out all the troops out of Gaza. Something weird is going on with Netanyahu. Maybe I'll follow up with that tomorrow. But you have all this stuff going on, right? And all these people being forced. Maybe force is, is, is kind of a, a loaded word. Or maybe, maybe they'll just do it because that's where their bread is buttered. But I think it's interesting that, that as we are moving kind of... To sort of this height of what appears to be an ethnic cleansing in Gaza, that 
the Jeffrey Epstein stuff is also starting to bubble up again, right? And if there's a connection between the two, it would be the Mossad. And it could be a reminder for people to remember how they're supposed to vote or who they're supposed to back. It could go the other way as well. It could it could be something more disruptive. I think it's probably more the former than the latter, but I certainly welcome the latter. I certainly welcome it. Um, what else is going on out there in the world today? I'm going to have to go soon. But we'll be back. Susie and the Banshees. She's happy here. Let's see. Anything else newsworthy before I shut her down? All right, so we've got Tucker interviewing Epstein's brother. That's coming. Um, we've got a big weather crisis coming next week here in the States. It's going to get very cold. And we might even have some tornadoes. I think uh, I think that's it. I think that's it. I think that's all we have for today. Yeah. All right. Tomorrow, if there's anything to report on the Epstein material... We'll bring it back up again. And uh, we'll start cranking up 15 minutes and really looking forward to the new website so that we can, I mean, you guys have your private checker anyway, but um, we'll just have lots of different windows to, windows to the world. That's the way it'll work. All right, I got to go. Thank you for being here. Uh, use your head in order to discern what's real. Your heart to stay open to what's possible. And uh, stay true to yourself. Do God's work. Much love. Bye for now.